0: Hello, I'm Jason Grigla. Welcome to the Autism and Neurodiversity Podcast. I'm going to talk to you today about some balance and avoiding burnout and some general theory, principle experience that I've seen and witnessed in myself and also in others that we work with. So when we love our, our neurodivergent child, young adult, teen, client, student, and we want to give them the best. We don't know where that line is between I'm giving them their best and I am martyring myself for the cause. And it would be very easy to burn ourselves out in the name of giving our loved one the most that we can give them. And I kind of remember learning over time, that this is just a general rule, a principle, and a theory. But I remember feeling like the first probably 80% of success took up about half of my energy, time, resources, money. And, you know, that's a lot compared to most kids. And then the next... 10% of benefit that took us up to maybe 90% took 10% for benefit, took 25% more of my energy, time, and resources. So then I was about 75% of all my time, energy, emotion, money, whatever I had to offer as a resource to get them up to that 90% mark. And then to get to 95%, it was another 20% of my time, energy, and resources. And it seems like for us to give a hundred percent of what we have to offer our children because we love them and having that takeaway from our marriages, our own personal lives, our other children, our, our jobs, our communities, any of any of our hobbies, talents, interests really took a lot of time and energy beyond what is normal. And as a parent, I always struggled, and I think Debbie would agree, we struggle with how much should we give before we say we we can't give any more. And I think if we allow allow it, there would be a never-ending thirst or need for time, energy. And I think our loved one would take everything that we had, and, and we would end up drained and exhausted, and it would—if it sucked our lifeblood, then they would take it all if we let it. And—and um, and it's not that they're selfish; it's just that that's the situation. And so, once we got to about eighty percent of benefit, we could probably maintain that pretty consistently and sustainably because um, it took only about fifty percent of our time and energy. Um, on the other hand we were always trying to do better. We always wanted to give them more. We we felt like if we could just find the right program, the right therapist, the right medications, the right parental approach, then everything would work out. And I remember feeling like Debbie and I's biggest fights were largely about that last drop of benefit that we could give. And maybe that would be the one thing that would tip the scales into our child not being so hard and, and so difficult. And that's just not realistic. It's just not the way it works. I, I wish someone would have stopped me or us and told us long ago that get them to 80% and be okay. Because one, you could kill yourself and you'd probably be willing to throw down your life. And many of you have in many ways, and probably far too much, or the amount that's needed. I don't know. I don't know how to judge that for each of you in your individual situations. But I do know that as parents, we would give all of it. And we would run the race, hoping to get them to a sustainable level or plateau, thinking that maybe once they turn 18, oh, that'll be the magical number. And then when that 18 comes and they're still acting like they're 14, 15 um, or or less or more, uh, that you still have more time Then, oh, maybe if I can just get them to 21. And then it's maybe if I can just get them a job, or maybe if I can just get them into college. Or We're always looking for that next magic moment that creates the relief that we need because we are sacrificing ourselves way too much. And one of the principles I want you to hear is that we're in this for the long haul parenting doesn't end and if our typical children or if our if our neurodivergent child neuro nearly typical child was typical we would still be there for them in their crises and their ups and downs which life's gonna throw all of them and yet the, the proportion for the amount of time and energy and resources it takes to be there for a neurodivergent child or loved one or student is way higher than a neurotypical. And it's not their fault. They don't know. I think a large part of our motivation is to help them stay out of crises. We want them to be successful. I think most of us were initially embarrassed by our child and their poor functioning, their poor performance, the fact that they couldn't do this or couldn't do that. And I think, I don't know how long it took many of you to get over that loss and grief that my child's never going to be the student body president. But I think with many of our of our students or, or children, we, we see their strengths and we think, okay, if they have this amazing strength and we'll judge them and their possibilities based on that strongest point that they are just an amazing whatever it is that they're amazing at, whether it's art or music or math or engineering or memory. And we tend to want to judge our kids in that way or do assessment. I think that's good. If I'm judging, I really do want to judge them on their best aspects. But if I'm going to do honest assessment about functionality, I'm going to have to look at what are their weakest links. And even if they're smart enough to memorize the entire law library they're never going to be able to function well enough to get through law school for example so i guess i i want to start i wanted to start with you being able to see that 80% is a good number in my opinion to shoot for more than that takes starts to take way more and more and more of your resources to get less and less back and i i know parents and including myself that were willing to sacrifice way too much. And then we were not able to sustain our, our love and activity. And we burned out. Um, I, I can't even imagine doing it as a single parent. And I know that many of you are doing that. Um, or even if you're married and one of you in the marriage really just isn't present or willing or capable of helping out. Know, uh, that's hard. I, I get it. And I also think that our neurodivergent loved ones are going to be very forgiving in the long run, and I'm not—I'm not exactly sure how much how much benefit they get versus don't get. I—I always I wonder sometimes if they would have just ended up in the same timeline whether we had done something for them or not. I think we we point to performative milestones like, "Well, I got them to graduate." Uh, junior high or high school, or I, I got them to get their driver's license or whatever it is. And, and um, you know, those are good. Those are important. I don't have a problem with that. I, I just want you to understand this is a lifelong journey. And I think for most of us, we're going to be parenting, which turns into mentoring, hopefully sooner than later, for a lot longer than a normal parent-child situation and relationship would be. So slow down and take a breath. Look at your situation and how much you are spending your resources. The damage that you could do to your marriage, yourself, and your other children is not worth sacrificing the other 50% of your time, energy, and resources just to give your struggling child that's going to be in crises probably anyway to give them a little bit better leg up. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of neurodivergent young adults, when they get older, they look back and they realize that I I was hard and I took away my parents' quality of life. And right now that might seem crazy to you if you're in the middle of, of the, the teen years or the young adult years and they're not thinking of you at all, but I... I don't want them to look back and and have the other siblings resent them and resent you because they were always in crises. And that's not fair to them. So, one, your quality of life comes first. And two, your marriage comes second. And three, all of your children come third. That means you can't sacrifice any of them for the others. And that doesn't mean that they can't take a hit. I think it's fine if... If siblings of someone who's neurodivergent learn that some people just need more help and support, and that's true with all kids. Some kids are easier than others no matter what, and that's okay. So hit that 80% mark. Don't let it turn into, I'm just trying to get to that, that razor's edge last 2 or 3% that I know is just going to make all the difference in the world because it never happens. And that's... That's a pipe dream and it sets you up for failure and it sets you up for an unachievable goal that will make your life miserable. And then you won't be there for any of your loved ones, including yourself. Keep your relationship in place. Uh, A couple of thoughts on that. Every healthy, successful person I've ever met really does have their own way to refuel and replenish. And that includes talents, hobbies, interests, um, community service art sports athletics outdoors whatever it is you can always find time to implement that in your life and if you don't you're not helping yourself or your loved ones and that specific situation is not worth sacrificing Uh, so take time for yourself and that fills your cup and you know where that balance is and i i don't know where it is for you and at the same time, it's really easy to escape into some of those because they feel so good. And I think sometimes we all need to escape as long as it's not long-term or you abandon uh, your loved ones or your spouse to do all the work that I, I think that's great. So those are my thoughts for today. Once you've given enough, the the return on investment goes way down pretty quickly and it's just not worth it. So good luck. Balance your life, protect yourself better, and good luck parenting. And I want you there for the long haul because we all love our children and our spouses, and we should be loving ourselves. So I'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Autism and Neurodiversity with Jason and Debbie. If you want to learn more about our work, come visit us at jasondebbie.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-D-E-B-B-I-E.com.